I always wanted to be a writer when I grew up and I was told that writers don't make any money and I should take a more uh, practical career. So I, that was where the publishing career aspirations came in. I thought if I could not make a living writing books, maybe I could live, make a living making books, but that didn't happen either. Apparently the universe had other plans for me. What story are you telling? Whether you're intentional about it or not, you have an audience and they think in story. The Doug Thompson podcast features diverse storytellers sharing their practical tips for telling the story they need others to envision and trust in order to take a new action. Here's your host, Doug Thompson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Doug Thompson Podcast. I am your host, Doug Thompson. And with me this week is a content marketing strategist, wonder kid, uh, I think it was <laughs> Allison Verhalen. And I, I didn't I didn't do what I told you I was going to do. How are you doing, Allison? <laughs> I'm well. How are you? Just fine. For those in the audience, I was going to say Van Halen because I grew up with the band. But Allison Verhalen is her name. And tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so as we were uh, chatting before we started recording, um, I did major in English and psychology. I always say that's the perfect degree for content marketing. I had no idea what content marketing was, had no clue that this was a viable career option. I thought I wanted to work in publishing. That was the goal. Uh, Graduated in 2009, right after the job market crashed. So there were no jobs to be had in publishing or really anywhere else. So uh, you know, I was a receptionist, I was in customer service, they were jobs, they were not careers. Found myself between jobs at one point, and my roommate at the time, her dad, who was an attorney, was awesome and offered to give me things to do around his office until I got back on my feet. And one of the things he needed was someone to write blog posts for his law firm. So I was more than happy to get paid to write. He knew that I had a strong writing background, so he offered me the gig. I was thrilled to get paid to write. So took over writing blog posts for him and then for his associate and then for some friends of mine and uh, did eventually get another day job, but kept writing on the side and it just kept growing to the point where I could not do both anymore. So I quit the job, the day job about seven and a half years ago by the time this goes live. And I've been doing this full time ever since. Well, that's, I was talking to a guest uh, a couple days ago. And she talks about writing and, and stuff. And she talks about, for her, it's a catharsis because she had a couple husbands die, not at the same time, but they had a couple. I mean, so, so she used that to work through that. And, and so how did, how did you come to know that you really liked writing? And, and obviously you're good at it, but how did you sort of come to figure that out? I was always writing pretty much as soon as I learned my alphabet. I was writing short stories. I also have found it very cathartic, and when I'm going through tough times, I, my, my first instinct is, is to write something. It could be fiction, it could be a journal entry, but I always go straight to the, it used to be the pen, these days it's my keyboard. Um, but yeah, I always wanted to be a writer when I grew up, and I was told that writers don't make any money, and I should take a more uh, practical career. <laughs> so I, that was where the publishing career aspirations came in. I thought if I could not make a living writing books, maybe I could live, make a living making books, but that didn't happen either. Apparently, yeah. the universe had other plans for me. 
Well, and publishing is struggling in its own sort of now with self-publishing and stuff going on. So right. It, it sounds yeah, like, I think I dodged a bullet. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you may have. You may have gotten yourself, and here's the dream thing, and whoops, there, there it goes. So how did yeah. you, did you like to read? Do you like to read a lot as well? Love to read. I read all okay. the time. Uh, that's my, my daughter loves to, she got me in, so we read the Harry Potters and the other, which was a very interesting story, and it got me to the sort of the book versus the movie thing, but I, you know, we won't go in there. So how do you, how does this relate to marketing and the, especially the content marketing stuff? Cause you work with businesses that need to tell their story mm -hmm. and, and oftentimes well, they don't I, have a place or nowhere to start. <laughs> yeah. Well, I work primarily with businesses that need to demonstrate their expertise. So for example, I started writing for an attorney. I have since written for many other law firms and other attorneys. And if someone's going to hire an attorney, they want to make sure they're a good attorney. They want to make sure they really know their stuff. And one of the best ways that people find that out before actually picking up the phone or doing a meeting is the content on your website. Mm -hmm. They'll go through the blog post. They'll see what you're talking about. Make sure that you really know what you're talking about. Make sure you are a true expert before they even pick up that phone or schedule that meeting or take whatever mm -hmm. that next step in the buyer journey is. And that's true of most of my clients. I do tend to work with people in the professional services industries who have that same kind of that barrier they need to overcome to convert those leads to their website. So I've also worked with financial planners and coaches and realtors and people who need to convince people, people who need to stand out from mm -hmm. the competition. And blogging is one of the best ways to do that. Is there a trait amongst them of why can't they tell their own, or that you find that they can't tell their own story, they don't understand sort of how to do that. Is there is there a trade, or is it just, uh, and, and what, and let me rephrase that, is what do you do to help them bring their story out, or how do you sort of identify what their story is? Yeah, I had a friend talk about this just yesterday, actually. She said you can't read the ingredients from inside the jar. <laughs> Which I think is a really clever way of talking about the fact that, you know, we can't, we're so close to what we're doing and, and we know so much about it that we can't sometimes look at what other people see, um, what they find valuable and what they really want to know about. So that's where I come in. I'm kind of that bridge between you as the expert and your customer as the person who needs what you're selling, but you have to communicate it in a way that they understand why they need what you're selling. I, I like that because I suffer from that as well. So we finally put a label on it. Of course, I can't read it because I'm inside the jar. But right. <laughs> I, think we're, I think we get to be where we're too close to it. And, and, mm -hmm. and for example, I, you know, when, in, in what I do in my tech sales career, I didn't think I was really any, did anything special. I would tell stories about how it solved problems and tell it in their language. But at one time when we were trying to hire somebody, my boss said, hey, we can't find anybody that's doing what you're doing. How, you know, can you teach that? And so I, again, because I do it all the time and I sort of took the journey. Um, it, it wasn't an intentional journey, but it was things I picked up along the way because I like stories and I like reading and stuff. And it's like, you're unaware of it, I guess. And that's sort of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that was the case for me too. I think it, it just telling stories just comes so naturally to me that I don't always understand why other people struggle with it. I'm like, you just sit down and you're right. It's, it's so easy. <laughs> it's easy. Just do it. But um yeah, and just do it. But that's where, I mean, that's where the value comes in, right? Is you yeah. do what you do best and hire someone else to do the stuff that you are not, you know, the stuff that's not your strong suit. So it sounds like, again, you mentioned you work with a lot of professional services and stuff. How did you, you the attorney you started, you sort of 
work that way. But how did you learn about these others? Because you un- you obviously you have to sort of understand something about what mm-hmm. what the industry does to sort of then pick out what the highlights of why they're good. Yeah, it, I came to them in a variety of ways. Um, I'm trying to remember how I started working with financial planners. Um, that probably just went naturally with the uh, with the attorneys. Once mm-hmm. I think mean, once you can write for one, you can write for the other. <laughs> um, and they're both industries that have uh, a lot of regulations. So there mm-hmm. are things you can and things you cannot say. So the fact that I was familiar with that uh, working writing for lawyers made it easier to transition to another highly regulated industry. Um, the coaches, I got started actually because I was a client of one and then she hired me to write blog posts for her. So um, a lot of how I started coming up with my topic for her blog posts was things that I wanted to know about because I was both the client and the marketer. Mm-hmm. So that was something, again, that I just kind of fell into, but it's been something where you know, people need writers. So as soon as I started getting myself out there and networking, there were uh, plenty of people who, who saw the value in what I was providing and were struggling to write their own blog posts or they could write them, but it wasn't happening, happening consistently, which is a problem. So they brought me on board. Yeah. So I, you, you hit upon one, the, the part there, because I, when I coach people on sort of storytelling or presentations or whatever, I always tell them you have to sort of know who your audience is and what their frame of mind is and what their you know what their life is like, right? And I call it starting the story where the audience is. Not very in- inventive, but you know that's really what it does. And it sounds like you had that yeah. from because you were a client. You came from this point of view. You know what their clients would be asking and doing these other things. And I think that's a perfect way to sort of think about you know if you're on the other side, what are your needs and stuff. You know, take extract what you know about it, which for you, you didn't know. That's why you asked the question. Um, and then maybe that's the challenge is we have to be able to remove ourselves from what we know, get out of, get out of the jar to, to mm-hmm. look at the label. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what tips do you have, you know, to, to do a lot of your clients eventually take over the writing once they figure out and go on to the other things or is it a mixed bag or. No, most of my clients actually hire me to do more stuff because <laughs> as it works for them and they get busier, yeah. they don't have time to write. Right. They are busy doing other things in their business. So I've had clients, um, that first client I had, I worked with until he retired and I'm still working for the associate that he referred me to, yeah. um, because they just, it's not the best use of their time. And it probably takes them much longer to write a blog post than it takes me just because it does come so naturally to me and not so much to them. Yeah. So if you're writing for different industries, how do you sort of change that mindset and hat between them? You know, you- well, I take a break <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I don't jump right from one to the other. I might, you know, watch a quick YouTube video or walk my dog or yeah. do something to, uh, you know, switch that mindset. Yeah. You sort of have to get out of it, shut down from then it reboot into the new mode. It, it sounds like. To, to come yeah, absolutely. What is the, uh, if you, if you had to sort of point what your, Biggest asset is, again, the ability to write, obviously, is, is a huge asset. But have you helped some of your customers sort of come up with new lines of business simply based off maybe your questions or help them alter their story a little bit to grow There's opportunities? The storytelling has definitely been integral to the businesses um, that I've written for. That attorney that I was writing, that I started writing for, my first client, he had been writing the blog post for himself. Um, and they were, they weren't, they didn't have that story aspect. 
They were yeah. not good blog posts. Sort of factual they were, there. It was testifying. Yeah, they, <laughs> they were kind of all over the place. They had no segue. They would jump from one topic to another without any segue. It was very confusing to read. So being able to just create create a story that, like you said, puts the customer front and center mm-hmm. and, and starts where they're at and leads them through this journey of what it looks like to hire an attorney or a financial planner or a coach or whatever it is so that they see the value of it. Um, that's really where my goal is. Um, it's just, and like I said, bringing that outside perspective of, you know, I know you know your stuff and, and that's important, but you need to think about it from the customer's point of view. So I, I noticed you're also sort of an expert on SEO and how the search engines are optimized. How does that frame? How does that impact or frame a story that you were telling? Have you ever gotten to a place where you've got this good story, and then you think about it from the SEO angle? No, I got to change this up. Does that ever happen? Or I tend to start with the SEO. Actually, okay. I tend to start doing my keyword research and seeing what search terms people are using. Um, what questions they're asking online. And then once I know what the question is, it's really easy to frame the story around that. So yeah, it, I kind of fell into SEO, um, much to my surprise. I think if you had told me seven years ago that I would be working in SEO, I would not have believed you. Um, but it's just, it's such an integral part of content marketing at this point. You can't have one without the other. And so I, I would have thought that, that SEO would hinder my creativity, like mm-hmm. you said, but it has been just the opposite. I have found it um, a, a font of creativity where I, I can use it to come up with ideas for my clients, regardless of how many blog posts I've written for them or how many different topics we've covered. Yeah, that's an, you're sort of working the problems backwards in that case. And then you're saying, okay, what are these, because you know, obviously you didn't think of the question in some of these cases, like, what are they trying, why are they asking that? And so you have to sort of... Mm-hmm back your way through that. That's an interesting way to approach it. So you've, you sort of, you've put yourself not only in your, in your you know, journey where your audience is, but also where, how you can lead your audience to it. You're putting, you know, you find here's the road signs on how to get this because you got the best content in the world, but if nobody knows about it, then it's sort of just bad. <laughs> yeah. Or if no one cares about the content because yeah. that's not the questions they're asking. Yeah. yeah or or they, the yeah. Result. There, yeah, nothing's more frustrating than doing a search and coming up with this, this hit because they used all because you, you know we used all the right terms, but what what, is, what the hell are they talking about here? Because I've stumbled across yeah. that. So how, how do you how do you how do you test this? So you know, I'm sure you've other than experience and that you've got lots of doing that. How do you how do you test that your your these are the right questions to ask? Because some people just ask really oddball questions. I know sometimes I'll just come up with something. I don't know where it came from, but it's an oddball question. It's not really relevant. And mm-hmm. you could waste a lot of time sort of working on that and to no, to no end trying to, I'm an outlier. right? I, I guess so the question is, how, right. do you, how do you determine the outliers from sort of the mainstream where a lot of the people would, would want to pay for it? Yeah, so when you do your keyword research, it gives you uh, your search volume number, which is the average number of searches per month that that keyword gets. Mm -hmm. And then you have a competition score, which tells you how much other content is already out there using that keyword. So I like to aim for the stuff with as high as a search volume as possible while also having a fairly low search volume. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to get the lower or low competition score, I mean. And sometimes you have to go for the lower search volume in order to get the lower competition score but it's all about finding that i call it the content gap 
right? Yeah. Because people are searching for this particular topic and they're not finding answers. Um, and I have absolutely had that where I come up with a question that I think is a great question and I do my keyword research and find, nope, no one else cares about that question. Okay, <laughs> moving on to something else. <laughs> well, that's a blow to the ego. You think you got a great question. Yeah, right? Find out. Nobody else has done it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's sometimes that's. But I like the approach that you take is that you're you're taking the, there's some art and science to it. So you take the science and you mix a little bit of your art and experience, and storytelling with it to sort of hit that sweet spot. So what's sort of the ideal blog length or, or when you're you know I I talked to a ghostwriter a few episodes back who who does books and stuff on that and that was a very interesting discussion too of how they. I, th I think it's a larger scale of what you do. I guess blog blogging for somebody else is, is like ghost writing on smaller content. But, it um, is, yeah, and I have also written ebooks for clients, so oh. I've done that as well. Well, that's cool because I always, you know, I'm like, I've got this stuff in my head. I, I'm not disciplined enough to sit down and write uh, <laughs> for any longer than it takes to make an email maybe, um, which is a challenge. I can't get that out, but I do know how, how a structure a story structure, but I need that, okay, SEO part of it. Why do they care? Right. So mm -hmm. I, I, you know, maybe I can uh, hit you up for some services here uh, to help me straighten that out. Cause I've got all these stories mm -hmm. in my head and they're probably the only person that asked that question. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what's, what's, what's next on you? I mean, uh, you've obviously got a lot of work here. What's going on? Do you, you thinking about doing a book? You're thinking you non ghost writing. So actually writing for yourself. Yeah. So I do have a book coming out. Um, this is April 1st that we're recording it. So it'll yes. probably be sometime later this month that I uh, finally oh. released my book called Content Marketing Made Easy, okay. which is designed to be this kind of roadmap where if you you know can't afford to hire someone like me, this has all the information you need to figure it out yourself. Well, I will definitely check that out and, and we'll start there. And then you've got a website for people to get a hold of you as well? I do. It's called, it's A, V as in Victor, writingservices.com. Okay. Well, cool. And I appreciate you spending the time sharing some of your, uh, the magic content of stuff of, of how do you come up with the stories for your clients, how they, uh, how they sort of help, helps grow their business, the importance of telling a story and relating to the audience, telling a story the audience wants to hear or needs to hear and figuring out what that story is and not ask, you know, letting go of these oddball questions that you have that you still want answered, but <laughs> you're the only one that does. So Allison, right. thanks a lot. And uh, you know, well, I look forward to, to your book coming out. Good luck. Thank you so much.